Hello everybody out there. Welcome to Mark Fisher Fitness Presents Best Life Radio with me, Brian Patrick Murphy. I'm so excited to be here today. Um, I have a super special guest, one of the top just entrepreneurs in his field in the entire world. So I am humbled and excited and honored to bring on the world famous The Baby Guy NYC, uh, Mr. Jamie Grayson onto Best Life Radio. Welcome, Jamie. Howdy, Murph. What's going on? Just strong choices. Uh, I know for a fact that you are very used to making strong choices. Uh, In full disclosure for all of my listeners out there, which now having Jamie here will be many more than there normally would be. So thanks for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Jamie and I have been best friends for 17 years. Since 97. Since 1997. We've known each other for a long time. So it is fair to say that I have known him for well before he was at the Baby Guy NYC. Yeah. So Jamie is an expert in all things babies. Um, what does that mean? Tell me about what the Baby Guy NYC is. Um, it's hard to explain. I am now the baby gear expert for fit pregnancy, but basically I've developed this weird little career for myself where I have a very large social media presence and I just answer questions about baby products and safety and car seats and strollers and things all day. So it's never really been done like this before. So I'm kind of like blazing new trails, you know? So I speak at all these conferences. I have a series on you live and I'm, I'm spread all over the place through the baby industry. I'm not just like one category because I have my hands all over it. But, um, yeah, I, it's actually very hard to explain. Yeah, well, before I get into more specific questions about that, um, which there are obviously many, um, what's really impressive that Jamie said just a second ago is he's done this all himself and kind of, not kind of, he totally, you totally created this entire business for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's, I don't think, I know there's a lot of great lessons out there that a lot of the people listening to this podcast um, will be interested to hear about. Uh, and luckily I've been around to kind of watch that happen, yeah. which is super exciting. Um, but just for some quick background, a lot of people that will be listening to this will be, you know, interested in fitness and nutrition and health and, you know, life coaching, all these sure. things that I do. Um, but you mentioned your large, uh, you know, kind of social media following. Mm-hmm. Um, tell all of my listeners here, you know, you're verified on Twitter. Like, that's a really big deal. Yeah, I How feel many... very fancy with a blue check mark. I remember the day I got the email. It was pretty badass. Yeah, what did you do to celebrate it when you got verified on Twitter? I had Twitter? a drink. <laughs> um, you basically, you just get an email and it's like, we don't verify just anyone. And I was like, well, that's kind of badass. So then you go through and you verify your email address and then you log into Twitter and you have a blue check mark. That's awesome. really all it is. So how many Twitter followers do you have now? Right now I have right under 28,000 Twitter followers and I have just over 12,000 Instagram and I'm at almost 70,000 on Facebook. So I, I'm right now I have a social media following of over 100,000 people. Wow, dude. Congratulations. That's super duper impressive. I remember about a couple of months ago, you were really excited when you were coming up to as many Facebook likes as like one of our heroes. Who was that? Liza Minnelli? Yeah, that was I was video. almost at Liza Minnelli. I was just 6,000 under her and now she's over 100,000 because she's Liza and anyone should feel blessed to have as many Facebook likes as Liza Minnelli. Oh, I'm so glad. If that ever happens one day, it will be a beautiful thing. But for, for a couple weeks, I was... <laughs> 
within spinning distance of Liza. <laughs> that was a good day. I remember that <laughs> phone call. Um, so if you hear me call Jamie Nana, that's been my nickname for him for many years. So if you hear me accidentally say Nana instead of Jamie, just just go with it. And you can all call me Nana if you want. Yeah, that's who you are. So the baby guy at YC. So you were talking yeah. about all of these things. Um, so I, since I'm, I'll be speaking to so many entrepreneurs on mm -hmm. the show, and that's what you are. You've created this for yourself. Yeah. Um, just kind of as quickly as you can, tell me, how did you do that? I, to, I would come from an acting background, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was tired of traveling all the time and living out of suitcases because I, I did like regional theater gigs for three years out of college, three months, three months, three months, three months. So I took this random job at a baby store and um, that I was hired to talk about a stroller. And I just got very bored and I felt like I was shoving one product at people all day. So... I learned everything in the store on my own, started doing registries for people. So hold on, I'm going to stop you right mm -hmm. there just because I know this story. So Jamie just pointed out a really amazing thing. Here he is talking about how he, he was working somewhere else and you said, I started learning everything in the store. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that. What what got you interested in, in I that? I felt, <coughs> excuse me, asthma. Um, I was hired just to talk about one stroller and I was telling people who lived in a fifth floor walk-up apartment that the stroller was perfect for them even though it broke down into two parts and that would be obnoxious to try to get up the stairs and so I'm a little bit Brian's always called me a little bit rain manny and like whatever but I have a weird mind and I don't like to be second-guessed by people I've always had that character trait but I just started learning everything in the store so I could have some kind of frame of reference when I was talking about product. And if it didn't fit their lifestyle, I knew something else that would work better. So I started doing like mass stroller demonstrations to 50, 60 people at a time on Saturdays, three or four times a day. I was doing registries. I was still doing theater at the time. So I would leave town to go do cats or whatever. And it's I would, a musical. Though. It's a musical in a junkyard. Um, so I would get messages from people on my private Facebook and they were like, you don't know us, but you helped our friends. They gave us your name. We found you here. We need help picking out our stuff. And that was kind of what triggered mm -hmm. in my head that I would, something weird was happening with retail. Mm -hmm. Um, that was a survival job at the time. Um, so then I just kind of overdid it. And yeah. Well, so I think what's so interesting is that at the beginning, you know, you learned, you started using this, like you said, this trait that you'd always had about you of mm -hmm. wanting to know everything. And, and that really served you in this. And yeah. at the time, I guess it's fair to say that you didn't even know this was going to become what it has now become. Um, yeah, talk on that. I think that's so interesting. No, I thought, I thought when I, because I was still doing theater at the time, I hadn't really given it up. And I knew when my body finally gave out. Like, I wasn't going to dance anymore or whatever. I'd probably just go into teaching high school. Mm -hmm. And so it's this really weird little career that I have now of, like, my attention whore needs of theater are met because I do all this TV stuff and I speak at all these conferences. And then I also, the bulk of what I do is education-based. So I feel like I'm educating people. I'm joining people at this crazy time in their life of becoming a parent. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of people who follow me who don't even have kids. And... Mm -hmm. You know, their kids are five years old now and they don't need anything. So it's a very weird little thing that I've built. Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. And you deserve all the credit in the world because you did it yourself. Yeah. You you really got no help along the way. 
Yeah. Um, and, that's, and there are times I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. I think right. that's normal. I think that's normal as an entrepreneur. And people ask me all the time, they're like, what's your business plan? What do you want to do in two years? What do you want to do in three years? I don't, I have no clue. <laughs> if I fucking knew what I wanted to do. I mean, I, I think if I had a business plan written out, like I want to achieve this and this and this this year, this next year, I would constantly live in a state of disappointment if I wasn't achieving that. So it's like rather than stress out about what I'm going to do six months down the road, seven months down the road, I would rather just be happy. And what I'm doing right now, even though I travel all the time and I'm never home and it sucks, I never get to really see my friends, but it's like I I don't take it for granted, mm. you know, because work is better than the alternative. Being too busy is better than the alternative. And I feel very, very, very fortunate that I don't have children but yet these people trust me completely. Mm. You know, it's very humbling. Yeah, I, I, you know, there, you said so many amazing things in there. And, oh, like Jamie said, he, he has no children. He's an openly mm. gay man mm -hmm. in a world where he's an expert on pregnancies and babies and all these things. Yeah. And, um, and you are, I mean, you are quite literally the most trusted brand yeah. person in the entire industry. Uh, it's really remarkable i love that you said that you know here you are this entrepreneur and you have absolutely no idea what you're doing yeah. you, you know mark fisher and michael keeler and all of us at mff um you know we talk about that all the time you're right you you have to take something that's a passion mm -hmm. which so okay i'm gonna stop there so tell me how did, how did this become a passion of yours so i i, I know the story of you know you told us the story of you you know getting this job at at this store but you know babies it doesn't seem like it'd be that exciting. You're yeah. like, great, babies like poop on themselves all day. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Um, and I really don't know. I don't know what triggered it in me. I, if I think if I knew, it'd be easier to explain. But it's, I I realized while I was working retail at Bye Bye Baby, and then especially are we allowed to say that on? Oh on sure, yeah, 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 yeah. He worked at Bye Bye. I Baby. worked at Bye Bye Baby for four and a half years, and then I went to work at a birth education center. Uh, that doesn't exist anymore for a year. And that year sucked because they couldn't pay us for two or three months at a time. So that was excellent. But the education that I was getting there and like, because I was working with all these doulas and lactation consultants and getting this whole other side of education that I was not given working retail. And you would see these women come in completely stressed out and you would just chat with them for a little bit and then they would leave. And you saw an immediate point A, point B, change in their attitude and the way that they carried themselves and the way they dealt with parenting. So it, I felt like I was able to help these people on a different level. And it, and I don't know what it was. I mean, I remember one time this lady came in and she was crying and she was like two days postpartum and her baby wasn't latching on for breastfeeding properly and she was a disaster and she was crying and I went and hugged her and I walked her to the back and she's like, why are you so nice to me right now? Why are you being so nice? My husband mm. doesn't even do this to me. Wow. And I was like, you need help. Like, come in the back. We have a lactation consultant you can talk with, whatever. And then she left and she was smiling and she was happy. And she's like, I got this. You know, so to see that kind of immediate, I started complete shit mm. and now I've nailed it. You know, well, like that's knowing your background as an actor. I, I wonder if that's connected somehow. Well, that's yeah. I actually was thinking about this the other day. That's what's random is because I think I've always thought that actors have a very different work ethic than most people because you don't get most actors do not get into the theater 
for achieving fame and notoriety and whatever. You honestly do it just because you can't imagine doing anything else. It's your passion. It's what drives you. And so your work ethic to maintain that is crazy. So all the actors I've ever worked with outside, like at Bye Bye Baby, we were hired as actors to right. come in. There were like six of us. Right. And so our work ethic was very different than other people. And I think it's interesting, <coughs> excuse me, you look at like, you know, everybody at the clubhouse that comes from like a theater background. I come from a theater background. There are a couple people I found from theater backgrounds doing other stuff. And I think at the core of theater, what you are doing is trying to help people, mm. be it entertaining them, being moving them. That, that is what theater is. You are helping people, you know, inter understand the human experience. So I think if you can take that core and translate it into another field, that's what drives that is your that is what drives you at your your very, very base. It's not like, oh, I need to entertain people, I need to do this. I can't imagine. What below your need to entertain, what is that? You're wanting to help people. Mm -hmm. It's it it's service driven. So if you can take that and manifest it somewhere else, like I don't miss performing at all. There are times I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this show, like can they revive Drowsy Chaperone in 10 years for me? You know, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. But, you're going to um, be one of those guys that they bring into the Broadway shows because like, you're famous. I mean, it's, it's like famous. stunt cast, casting in Chicago. You know, <laughs> I'll be, I'll go in as like Mama Morton or something. Um, but I do. I think it's it's a need to help people. And that is at the, co that is at the core of theater. I do mm -hmm. think it's a need to help. Yeah, and you've really found out how to do that. Which yeah. is absolutely amazing. You know, you said something a second ago. You were talking about, um, you know, starting off and being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I think this is going to be something great for some folks to hear out there. You're saying how you even went to one place that you didn't get paid for months at a time. Yeah. So something I'm really interested in is, you know, when you're starting off a business on your own, mm -hmm. which a lot of our listeners are or have done or yeah. probably hopefully will do, will be inspired to do um, after hearing from you. Um, you know, talk about the, that short-term sacrifice that you have to make you know because there is a sacrifice oh, there, there definitely is you know and then so how do you deal with that of knowing that in the beginning you're probably not going to make much if no. anything to get you somewhere where you want to go yeah I, I you just kind of suck it up it's like paying your dues in theater you know i did not know what i was doing i you know when i left that the birth education center oh, excuse me when they closed you know, luckily I qualified for unemployment. Mm -hmm. So I did draw unemployment for a little bit and just kind of figured out like, because my, my career as I know it now had never really existed. So I had to figure out what the hell do I monetize? How do I monetize mm -hmm. it? And I dealt with that for a solid two years of just like, great, I got this check. That's a really nice check this month. Awesome. I don't have a client for two months because people also used to hire me to like set their registries up and sure. everything. But learning how to monetize what I was creating through social media has been really fascinating. And I mean, it's still every day, I, every day I learn, wow. you know, how to function better, how to kind of trim the fat, I guess, and focus on like my hierarchy of what is important in work. So that I don't completely overwhelm myself because I also don't have an assistant. It's just me. And I know. Do you know anybody that's kind of pushed you on that one? Um, <laughs> there have been a few people that want me to get an assistant. But at the same time, I have quality control issues. Yeah. And for anybody to do what I do, 
they would have to have my knowledge in their head sure. and that's impossible. Sure. And the reason people relate to me online is because I swear and I talk about going out and being drunk with all the gays and going to see musicals and I'm hungover and I have to go talk about car seats to all these moms and I need three coffees because I can't open my eyes. And I'm like, I found my place. I mean, somebody, somebody a few months ago called me America's gunkle. And I realized like, for those out there listening that don't know what gunkle is, gay uncle. Yeah. Um, and I realized that's kind of the slot I have filled. It's like a lot of moms, motherhood is a very life-changing thing. And a lot of moms feel like unimportant and unattractive and they don't have friends. And social media and the internet has done this crazy renaissance in parenting anyway. But I, I think I fell in at exactly the right time to be like, all these moms gay best friend that just happens to know a shitload about car seats. Doesn't that say it right there? I mean, that really says who you are. Yeah. I, you know, that is so important to know for entrepreneurs that are starting, talking about building your brand. Mm -hmm. Nobody had ever been like you. Uh -oh. You know, you truly are the first rate version of yourself. You're mm -hmm. not trying to be somebody else. Yeah. You know, it, it's no different than what we do at the MFF Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. We've, we've found this thing that we do, which is, you know, other people are in fitness, other people sure. are in health and nutrition, sure. but it's how can you be you and be genuine and people will connect to that. Oh, they, they respond better than anything. And, you know, I'll, I travel a lot with my job. So in all these cities I go to, if there's a brewery or something, I'll go visit. And I always take pictures drinking and whatever. And the moms always joke. They're like, oh my God, I can't drink, I'm pregnant, and I'm nursing and whatever, which is actually completely bogus, you can. But, um, you know, I, I have, it's a fine line that I ride between completely alienating my audience and keeping them entertained. Because I think the day, not that I would ever do it, but if I ever just put baby stuff out all day, I would just be some boring, boring mom blogger. And that's not what I want. Well, how interesting. That's so on your at the baby guy NYC. By the way, follow Jamie on on Twitter at mm -hmm. the baby guy NYC and on Facebook. It everything is Instagram and Twitter is at the baby guy NYC. Facebook.com backslash the baby guy NYC. It's all one word. Yeah. So I, I love that you just said that you use your business, quote unquote, business accounts, mm -hmm. and you're not just talking no, about at your business, not at all, not at all. I, I, how did you learn to do that? I, I built my social media accounts kind of backwards. I thought Twitter was going to be my voice. So my, my sister has three kids right now. She's due with them before in June. And when my nieces were born, they're identical twins. I was with them for six months. So all I did was wear babies and play on Twitter and kind of figure out how Twitter worked for me and like what it was doing. And I actually got a pretty decent sized Twitter following pretty quickly. Um, but then I realized parents aren't on Twitter. They're all on Facebook because everybody has Facebook. Then you pop a baby out and you just, you're still there. Mm -hmm. You don't go build a Twitter account. Twitter is for networking and whatever, and it's fun. But I did it all very, very backwards. And I, I kind of realized what people were responding to. Um, the baby post, all new car seats, new strollers, they all still get very good response. I'm very fortunate. But whenever I... I'm just very human and normal. And I'm like, I'm tired as shit today and I have to do this and blah, blah, blah. And I hope you're all awesome. That's when people respond more because my, my page, the engagement rate is consistently around 
30 to 50 to 60 percent, which is very, very, very high and, for and Facebook. Do you know what the average is? What most the average engagement rate is about three to five percent for wow. a Facebook community. So you're clearly doing something right, yeah. or something different. Yeah, and I'm I, I'm very good. I try to respond to almost everybody. It's very hard now because my numbers keep going up. Knock on wood, which is great. Like he just said, knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> hey. Um, no, I mean it's it's been an inter. I mean since August of last year. August of last year, I hit twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. And not even a year later, I'm almost at seventy. So wow. it's been crazy growth. Well, you know, there's there's got to be something to that. And um, I'm just normal. I'm a human. I don't yeah. ap- I don't approach it like a business. And it, it, even when I worked at Bye Bye, I never approached it as retail. I was helping people. Mm-hmm. So it, it's Facebook's the weirdest, but it's fun. There's a lesson to learn there from all of us. You know, my business is is health, and nutrition, and fitness, and and you're right. We have to look at it as people, helping mm-hmm. people out. And the second you start to look at it as a business, yeah, uh, you get work. off track, right? Mm-hmm. You get off track. I love that. So I want to get into some – I'm just going to kind of ask you some questions. Sure. And I want to hear what some advice, some things that you do. I feel like I'm on Inside the Actors Studio. Oh, I, this is very intense for Jamie <laughs> and I. We, you know, After only knowing each other for 17 years and being roommates for most of those years, uh, this Lord. is tough for us. Um, we could do a whole podcast about bad stories. <laughs> we'll Listen. save that to like podcast 100. That's like podcast after midnight. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, Murphy so, after midnight. Look Murphy at that. Look midnight. at that. I just got you. Why? Okay, we're getting, we're getting better. So I'm really interested in the idea of what entrepreneurs or super successful people do every day. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you do? What's something you do every day to forge your business? I, I, I do think, I, I think you guys have it. it I mean, it's it get 1% better. I mean, that's all you can really do at the end of the day. So what is that for you specifically? For me, it's a constant struggle of, for me, work-life balance benefits my business better because I, I get way too backed up on work and I get stressed out. So the second I can like, I don't have to stress out about that today. I can do this, but a lot of it is, Making, I try to be so, so, so good about responding to emails the second I get them mm. because the emails back up. And there are some mornings I'll wake up and have like 40 emails, which is nothing. Like luckily when people know I'm out on the road, they don't go crazy. But if I'm home, there are some mornings I will get anywhere from 300 to 600 emails as soon as I wake up. Mm-hmm. So it can be a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so you're saying that with those 70 to 300 to 600 emails, mm-hmm. you personally – Every morning, do your best to respond to all I of them. start a pot of coffee. I go take a shower. I turn on The View. Or I turn on <laughs> Celine, A New Day Live in Vegas, because why not? Uh, and I go through emails. That's my typical morning. Yeah. What is something... Being an adult is fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to adulthood. This is what you do. Celine and coffee. You listen to Celine Dion and you drink a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. Both things I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, so tell me, you know... What is the importance of health and nutrition and fitness in your life? How, how have you found that in your life? I will, I will tell you right now, the best thing I've done for myself in the last couple of years, and I even though this is going out on Mark Fisher land, I would still say this to anyone, is doing Snatched. Yeah. Because I was so fucking burnt out from work. I had like no work-life balance at all. And I, I don't really get crazy seasonal depression, but I don't like winter a whole lot. And last year, I was just going the fuck through it. And I was like, I have to 
I have to go Oprah on myself and like remember my spirit and I have to concentrate on myself for a little bit. And so I went and did Snatched and it changed everything. And even though after Snatched was over, because of my travel schedule, I wasn't able to stay at the clubhouse or whatever for a long time, I still tried to remember a little bit. Like I wasn't exercising as much. I didn't eat the same thing I did in Snatched. But it was still just that mindset of like, I can't, I can't like... It's not the swamps of sadness anymore. Mm. You know, I'm not Artax. <laughs> so I I can stay above all the crazy. And, you know, I just went through like three solid weeks of class every single day at the clubhouse. And it got me back in that mode where you're just like, you have to, you have to do something that is not sitting at your computer and getting overwhelmed with work. Mm-hmm. Even, even if it's just like, I'll force myself to get out and like walk around Astoria for an mm-hmm. hour, you know, or like get up and just do something because I, I have a very sedentary lifestyle mm-hmm. because of my job being manning. When you are overseeing a social media community of a hundred thousand people, you're just like, you have to constantly be on your computer because oh, people sure. can go crazy. And I've had people like call me faggot on there and do whatever. So you have to ban people. And it ends up being people who don't follow me anyway. They just kind of get on and they go nuts. But, you know, you have to monitor and moderate your social accounts. Well, of course. That's I, the hardest thing. You know, I can say that I, I've been with you and I've watched you with your laptop open and mm-hmm. your iPad open while you're on your phone. And you've got 20 screens on, uh, you know. Huh? For all the, those of you that don't know me out there, um, I'm about as computer electronically illiterate as anybody. So to watch Jamie do this... I is, almost made a really, really bad analogy to that. No, don't make it. I'm not. That's, It'll probably that's embarrass me. me. Yeah. It'll embarrass me. Um, so it's truly remarkable. So of all the things you learned in your process at Snatch in Six Weeks, mm-hmm. at MFF, or you know, uh, even when you came back and you know just trained with us for uh, mm-hmm. weeks at a time... What's the biggest thing you took away from it? Like the number one lesson or the biggest thing you learned? Focus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, we're going to get real gay here, but Sunday in the Park with George, like one of the big lessons that Dot learned. Sunday in the Park with George is a Broadway musical written by Stephen Sondheim. Yes. It's one of my favorites. And there's, I, I'm going to get the line wrong, but there's a line in the show where Dot says her the most important lesson she learned was focus. And it wasn't about being still, it was about being present. Mm. And I think that's that's what Snatch did because it helped me just focus on like that hour in the clubhouse and doing whatever. And I could let go of all the work shit I was dealing with, all the bad dates I'd gone on, like all of this crap. I've had some doozies and I continue to have doozies. Um, but it, it is, it's about focus. And I try to I, that's something I work on every single day. That's what I work on every day is focus. It's just yeah. staying present and not worrying about what's coming up in the future. And the, you can't do shit about the past. You can't really do shit about the future. You don't have that much control over it at the end of the day. You can do your best, whatever. But I just try to, I mean, it's like that movie about time. You and I went and saw it together and we had a moment <laughs> and we cried because we're ladies. But it's like, you know, you just have to live each day is it's the it's corny but it's like the last day of your life and you just go for it and yeah, even even if that means i want to stay on my couch and watch netflix all day fuck it yeah you good evening you get to do that you can answer it's my choice 1200 emails tomorrow right mm-hmm. you know that's I, I love that um you're such an inspiration 
out there, Jamie. And, and no, you really are. I mean, you know, I've, I've watched you just, just grow. And, uh, you know, my, my area of expertise, <laughs> I like to say is belief. And you really have, I mean, you did this thing from the beginning mm -hmm. where you had nothing. I, I know I lived with you. Yeah. I think I paid your and rent. You, you were, you honestly, you, I mean, you were one of the only people when, when I started in, you were one of the only people that got it, you know? So it's been, it's been a good ride. It's just been insane. I, you know, the idea, it, it's inspiring to think that we sacrifice, you know, think of all the things financial sacrifices. It's mm -hmm. nights out, it's dates, it's social life. It's literally being able to pay your rent. I yep. mean, I think, you know, you probably, I probably did it for you once or twice. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but yes, that probably happened or, or whatever it may be, yeah. going to see shows or concerts <laughs> or buying new clothes. And you did that, you made that sacrifice, yeah. you know, in the, for the belief that what you were doing was going to pay off in the back end. You know, my, my friend and colleague, Rory Vaden, um, who's been such an inspiration to me, who wrote the New York Times bestselling book, uh, Take the Stairs, um, talks about, you know, the, the short term, you know, making the short term difficult choices for the long term payoff, uh -huh. uh, you know, and that's really what you did. And, you know, no different than uh, Brian Trace talks about eating the frog and all those things. Um, and you've really done that. Watching you do that is absolutely beautiful. Um, so what's one thing that just keeps you, what do you look to for motivation and for inspiration? What motivates and inspires me? Good Lord. Um, when, when parent, like I met, I met a couple, I was just in Miami, a store hired me to basically curate the list of all the products that they're going to sell in their store. We've been working for two years. They just had their grand opening. Mm. Um, this is a store in Miami, At right? the store in Miami, to yeah. Bambini. So it was great being down there and seeing this unit they've built and they're so proud of it. But then all these moms came into the store who follow me and they were like, you've helped us more than you can believe. Like you're doing something very special for all of us. That that's what does it. And like all of these conferences I go speak at, like, you know, I just spoke at this conference and it's like, there'll be anywhere from like a hundred bombs to sometimes over a thousand. And when you are able to like mom enters starting with a blank slate and they leave with better education and they know how to make better parenting choices that will affect everything they do for the rest of their lives mm. regarding their child as trivial as that sounds, it's like knowing how to use your car seat correctly and all that crap. I mean, that's important. So the, the gratitude that parents give back, that's, that's what, that's what does it. And like when I worked at Bye Bye, they told us this, this is going back a little bit, but they, it was store policy. We were not allowed to hold babies mm -hmm. because it's a liability. If you drop them, whatever, God forbid, but you help these parents for months and months and months and they would come in and be like, I want you to hold my child. Mm. You helped with this. You are going to. So I get a little crazy and emotional the first time I hold babies. Like when moms who follow me, they're pregnant. And then they go to my conferences. And then they come in and bring their babies. And they're like, they're here. And then I turn into a woman. <laughs> and I. Literally I, just like a flash I, before Oh, I lose, all, I lose all my feelings out of my eyeballs. Well, and that's, that's the moment. Mm -hmm. That's the moment that all the hard work. And the hundreds of emails. It doesn't matter. All of that, it's worth it. You're like, ah, fuck it. That little baby is taken care of now better. Yeah. So. Um, just speaking of inspiration and motivation, what are some of your favorite, you know, go-to 
maybe inspiring books or movies or TV shows or musicals oh. or whatever they may be uh, that you can share that would be beneficial? Um, I'm, I mean, like social media nerd books. Like, yeah, so what are some of those? What are the um, big social media I, I'm a big fan of unmarketing mm -hmm. the book. And when I read that, it really put in to a hardcover exactly what I thought about marketing yourself online. And it is about just being a person and being human. It's called social media. You're there to talk and you're there to be social. You're not there to just pimp yourself all the day. Mm -hmm. So to me, that was very important. Um, music is very important to me. I mean, I what do you always, listen to when you're oh, I listen to everything. Celine. I listen to Celine. Right now I have Bridges of Madison County on loop. Um, you know, it's my theater background. Like, I just like good music. So I'll listen to, like, that. I'll listen to, I'm just, I just spoke at a thing with Alanis Morissette, so I'm getting back into her now. Oh, name drop. Name drop. Um, but, yeah, I, I. Like Martha Wainwright, Rufus Wainwright. Like I, I listen to a lot of music. So yeah. put the iTunes on shuffle and go. Music, music is most important. I feel. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you know, as we wind down here, and movies. Yeah, I mean, he's I've, a horror movie fan. Like, horror movies are my favorite, but ET is my favorite movie on the planet, and that's what's hysterical. Is now all the moms know that. So at these conferences, they bring me ET memorabilia. Yeah, like I have like. I could basically have, I'm, I'm building a shelf in my room. <laughs> I, I could basically, like, I have an original E.T. movie poster, the the People magazine from 82, and all this stuff from all these moms, like E.T. figurines. So I'm going to have a wall of E.T. in my bedroom. I love that. Talk about engaging with your audience. Talk yeah. about reasons I'm single. <laughs> oh. Come over to my apartment, and I got these E.T. things everywhere. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, Nana, mm -hmm. tell me what bit of advice would you give if I, if you looked at yourself, you were probably in your late twenties, mid to late twenties when you started on this adventure, yeah. And looking at your, I know how old you are. I won't say it. Thirty-five. You're thirty-five. You're one month. I've, I've been, now. I've been on my own officially four years now. For four as years as an entrepreneur. Yeah. As an entrepreneur. So what? What's just a bit of advice you would give to everyone listening that says, oh, I can do that. I can. Go with your gut. Go with your At gut. the end of the day, that's all you have. Yeah. People people will think you're batshit crazy. You will think you're batshit crazy. But if you really feel like something's out there, like you need to do, you know, know your market, like talk with people and see if there's a need for what you want to do. And if there's a need, just go with your gut. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's, it's that's, it's totally not very fair. deep, but it is. That's all. No, it, it's totally deep. It's you got to do what speaks to you, mm -hmm. and you know that voice inside. My dad's always called that his little professor. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know that dad's. Duh. My dad's like a you know another father figure to you. That that little voice, that little voice inside, that is your God. You know, at the end of the day, that is that is your, you know, that's the devil on your shoulder. It's the angel on your shoulder. It's your motivation. So it's like you have to. If you feel the need for something, go for it. And if it doesn't work out, fuck it and start over. Yeah, right. What do you What do you have to lose? No, I, I, if I'm, if, if I stop doing this next year, two years from now, three years from now, I mean, I told you earlier today. What would I do? I'd probably just go work in a coffee shop in the mountains and relax. Yeah, you know, you just kind of go with your go with what's going on and and just ride it as far as you can. Yeah. Um. 
I love that. You're so inspiring. And it makes me sick to have to say that to you because yeah. I've, seen, I've seen where you've come from. <laughs> God love it. God. Um, uh, no, I am so proud. Such a proud friend and, and fan, really. I'm, I like you on Facebook and I follow you on Twitter and all the stuff. It's, it's been a very, I mean, between both of us, it's been really kind of amazing. Like, my first memory here, we're going to go deep. My first memory of Brian Patrick Murphy. Oh, Get gosh. ready. Freshman year at Ole Miss. Cattle call auditions. He was in khakis and a button-up, <laughs> and he sang Luck Be a Lady at Cattle Call Auditions. And I was like, who is that asshole out there? And then he got cast in all the musicals for two years, and I didn't. <laughs> but we were still friends. Uh, uh, the only thing that's changed about me, really, is the fact that now I just wear Speedos instead of khakis. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie and I were joking before we came on on the podcast. We always talk about college because we were best friends from college. And we were talking about how we just weren't very great students. I mean, both of us were, you know, naturally like to read. And, we're intelligent you know, people. We're bright. intelligent people. Uh, but how were we, you know, but we, we were joking and also serious that we by no means were like superstar students. And, you know, hope all my college students that I used to teach aren't listening to this yeah. uh, that are still in school. But I know, did just enough to get by. I realized what was so important. So were you able to learn in college that... Is helping you now, right? So if you weren't so focused on studying for thousands sure. of hours a night so you could make A's on all your tests, I hear you say all the time that you learned and grew up so much in, in college. college. So how were you able to use that? College teaches you how to be a human being. Yeah. I fully believe that. And even though our school, you know, doesn't is not a theater conservatory. It is not one of these outstanding theater departments in the country. What I learned there was to be a human being. And that makes you a better actor and it makes you a better friend and it makes you better across the board. So college to me, you know, Brian and I both joke and it's like, I grew up, I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. He's from Marion, Illinois, but we say that we are from Oxford yeah, it's because you are raised somewhere, but then you grow up. Mm. That's a, that, those are two very different. Yeah, I, I do say that all the time. Yeah. People ask me where I'm from, and I say Oxford, Mississippi, yeah. and that's not to disparage my hometown of no. Marion, Illinois, which I love. But I was born and raised in, in Marion, Illinois, mm -hmm. grew up in Oxford. That's yeah, you, you said that exactly. And you you create a different family unit in college. Yeah. That, that's your second family unit of your life. And ultimately, you that you know what you're saying is that that's what's helped both of us in our careers and mm -hmm. our business. Um, you know more than you know studying as yeah. much as we probably should have for, for our geology test that and like yay i wasn't a great i'm my i'm not pointing my feet i don't have anyone's turnout i'm not dancing anymore yay yeah. but i'm a pretty damn good human yeah 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 you are you're more than a damn good human. we're you're damn great. good humans Murph. yeah so um what you know you've talked about work-life balance a lot so tell me just what do you do for fun how are you at the end of the day? What I do for fun? After you've answered 600 emails and spoken at your 20 conferences. I collapse. Um, well, I, you're one of the most fun people I know. So what yeah. do you do for um, I do enjoy movies. Yeah. I'm a big movie person. I love going to the theater. Um, I don't go out as much as I used to because I'm old and hangovers last three days. Um, but I just like being in the company of my friends yeah. and I'm even more grateful for that now because of my travel schedule. So when I'm in, I'm only in town, honestly, right now, two weeks a month. So when I come back to New York, I'm like, I want to see my friends. I want to do nothing but sit on the couch and talk. I want to play board games. I want to like have a glass of wine. I want to 
just relax in the company of my urban family. Yeah. You really surround yourself with the people that you want to be around. Yeah. 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 Love that. So before we jump off here, the last little thing, give us your last bit of wisdom, Nana's wisdom of, of for anybody out there that's just kind of scared to go off on their own and, um, you know, how to just get up tomorrow morning Mm -hmm. and say, this is going to be the day that I start. There is a quote from Janis Joplin, oddly enough, and it's, don't compromise yourself. You're all you've got. Mm. And that's pretty much it. Wow. Well, everybody out there, ninjas and friends and family and, and worldwide, and I hope you put this on uh, all your, all your oh, pregnant I'll ladies. I'll totally can, blast that can, out. Can yeah. listen. Um, this is the world famous, the baby guy NYC. So world famous. Well, you are, whether you like yeah. it or not. Um, and it's so follow him, um, especially because, you know, everybody reaches out to me and says, put me in touch with Jamie, put me in touch with Jamie. So start following him now, build a relationship. And I have to say, he truly is amazing for all of you that uh, have questions. Just post on his Facebook page. He will, he will get to those. I know I'm creating even more work for you to do in the mornings yeah. over your coffee, but, um, you're the There's man always for the more job. Coffee. There's always more. Thank you so much for joining me. It has Thank been you. the ultimate pleasure. Um, you're the greatest in the world of what you do. Continued success yeah. to you. You too. And, you're all um, right. Yeah, I do. It's okay. all right. So thank you so much again to Jamie Grayson, the baby guy NYC, and um, you'll be hearing from us soon. Go on and live your best life.